0: This, this this is is is
1: is fight disciples
0: We are gathered here today for
1: the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk
0: Uh, Welcome to episode 114 of the Fight Disciples podcast thank you so much for your time this one is dedicated to the world of UFC if you want to get any of our back catalogue last week Highest Bidder uh, is still doing an unbelievable amount of listens mainly because we were getting stuck into the sponsorship deals that maybe Conor McGregor uh, can utilise when he fights Floyd Mayweather it's all available on our website fightdisciples.com and we're also available on all social medias at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. tell you that every single day. Um, Today's episode is dedicated to shitting in the octagon and we're going to talk about following through (laughs) in great length. That's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about following through whether it be as a child or maybe, in my case, uh, in our adult life. We'll talk about it a little bit later. I don't want to put you off your tea, just in case uh, uh, you're listening to this podcast whilst you're having something to eat. I want to prepare you for it, alright? I just want to tell you what's coming up later on in the show. We will be about logging in her own kicks okay. Um, thank you very much, Justin Keesh, for uh, uh, for inspiring that with her uh, performance at the weekend. But before we get to that, mate, we're going to go to the main event. We're going straight in on Chiesa versus Lee because this one had a little bit of animosity, it had a little bit of spite after the uh, mm-hmm. summertime press conference. We thought I said last week, didn't I? Listen, Chiesa's not going to let him get away with it, mate. He's going to stick some manners on him, he's going to choke the blooming living daylights out of him, however late the other way around now
1: it's not not what i said was it
0: all right dickhead listen There's no, nobody <laughs> likes a show off on this show unless it's me all right so calm sp- i told
1: you kevin lee was the bollocks. Listen, though, co- i've well, been saying it for about a year all right
0: i'm gonna give you to the,
1: everyone kevin lee is legit
0: i'll give you the platform now then right because controversial stoppage aside kevin lee does look amazing
1: he looks great, and you know what, I thought if he's going to lose anyway, it would be on the ground. I didn't think he had the ground game, to because uh, Michael Keys has got a very strong ground game. I thought that would be where he got found, though, but quite the opposite. He looked great on the ground, his positioning was spot on. Uh, I just thought he took the fight to Michael Keys and uh, proved himself to be a level above. You can see now why people in the industry are getting excited about this kid, and I've been getting excited about him for over a year. And uh, I thought that was a bit of a statement performance. Listen, controversial or not, in, in terms of Maro Yamagasi, uh Yamasaki's stoppage. Take nothing away from Kevin Lee. You know, I, I hate the way people are saying oh, it needs to be a rematch and everything else. I, I don't buy into that. And I, I put this on social media straight away. I was quite happy with the stoppage. What did you think of it?
0: No. Are you being serious, mate? There was yeah, no... man.
1: I, I, I thought the stoppage was legit. No way, man. Not a problem. I'm not, not a problem. You
0: and fucking Yamasaki can go and do your heart signals to the camera, then somewhere else, mate, because I am not having it. There was no tap. The guy was not out. I mean, look how quickly he bounced up off the, off the choke. It's I don't not give like, a fuck. He was gone. Mate,
1: he was not gone. How can you say he was gone? Watch the replay. Watch the replay when he's fighting He's fighting the arm. He's fighting Kevin Lee's arm. Yeah. And then for a few just before Mario Paul jumps in, his two hands come off and he just starts waving his hands, like just as and? as you're about to and? lose consciousness. And? He's not he was about to lose consciousness. He was about to. to go out. About to. Has he Had he lost consciousness? It made no difference to me. I thought that was a... But well, I'll, I'll tell you it, what. Then. It was what slightly then. early, right, but there then. was only one way it was going to go. I'll Kevin t- Lee was about to put him to sleep. All right, then I'll
0: tell you what. Then right, we're going to talk about later on this uh, unbelievable fight that's been made for UFC two f- two fifteen. Right, you've got the San, uh, Santos versus uh, Nagani, Right, and no doubt you're excited about that. If somebody lands on somebody, then are oh, we going to call it off because oh, next punch might be a knockout? Is that what we're going to do? We're going to call it off? You can't say that that he was going to go until he goes. You can't call the fight off.
1: It's completely different. You Why know is that. it completely you're just, you're different? Talking. You're talking silly now because yeah. you're talking about a punch that may or may not land or even be thrown. I'm talking about the guy was stuck in a rear naked choke going absolutely nowhere and there was still a good 30 seconds left on the clock. Right. He was about to be choked out. Yes, ma- listen, Mario probably did jump in a split second too early, but oh, I ain't, I ain't oh, hating me. Right. No, but I ain't Here hating me. I, I ain't hating the stoppage. I ain't hating the stoppage. I get why people were upset because he should have put him to sleep. But at the end of the day it was fucked, he was going nowhere, he was stuck, he was stuck in a complete body lock and the rear naked choke was in tight. And Kiesa had stopped fighting the arm; he'd given up his arm. He, if you watch it, both hands come off. He stops fighting Kevin Lee's arms. Both arms come two inches up off his own, off his own body, and they start vibrating, just as they do about to someone go, about to get put to sleep. Yeah, but he wasn't. Asleep. I've got no problem. was no asleep. problem with the stoppage. Mate, me. listen, right? You've,
0: you've obviously watched the whole of UFC Oklahoma, right? Let's go then yeah, to, yeah. The, to the female fights between Herig and Kiesha. That, I mean, the way that Justin Keish then defends the exact same thing. I mean, she was out. If, you, if, you, if you're going to judge the first guy, if you're going to judge Chiesa and Lee, that stoppage is okay, then surely he should have jumped in and stopped that. But she fought out of it. She fought out she of did. that situation. So therefore, you've got to give this guy the
1: benefit of the doubt to be able to do the same thing. He'd stop fighting. Yeah, for but, me, he'd stop fighting. Yeah, but he's... for me. Kieser had stopped fighting and Mario Yamazaki has been a referee for a long time. A I'm not one. just saying this because I know Mario. Like, I, I don't know him on a personal level but, you know, he used to write a column for me and I've got a I've got a relationship with Mario and I know the guy lives, eats and breeds MMAs. he got his own at Jiu-Jitsu school. He knows more about Jiu-Jitsu than either of me or you and fucking, I guarantee 99% of the people that watch that fight at the weekend and if Mario judged them to be gone and I kind of, he was about to be gone. <laughs> I'm going to give him that. Watch, that. His, watch the replay and watch Chiesa's hands I'm come not, off Kevin Lee's mate, hands. I am the not difference is Keish that. was fighting it. Keish didn't stop fighting Harry to get out. I am not she denying, fought her way out. I am not. Kiesa stopped fighting. I am
0: not denying everything that he's saying, but he wasn't out. I mean, once once he, he calls, once he calls the fight off and he lets go of the rear naked choke, he ba- he bounces up. It's not like he's out he and he's all over the place. He bounces straight up, so therefore he can't he can't have been on the verge. How can you possibly be on the verge? He was on the verge. I'm telling you, he wasn't, man. I'm telling on, you, he wasn't. Time, there, was, yeah. there was no tap, and he was wrong to stop the fight at that point.
1: It was it was premature, but he was gone. I ain't, I ain't hating on it. I ain't hating on that stoppage. I ain't hating on it. I'm really not, because I believe Chiesa was on his way. Yes, it was a little bit early, but I certainly ain't hating on it. And I certainly don't think Chiesa deserves an immediate rematch. I don't. I think Kevin Lee won the fight convincingly. Okay, then me, what, That's, he's won it. Move on. Okay, then what is
0: move on? What is the next thing? I mean, there were a little bit of uh, afters with uh, Tony Ferguson, weren't there? Does he, does he get that fight?
1: Well, the, the, everybody wants Tony Ferguson at the moment because Tony, Tony Ferguson's the king of the castle. So I, I get that. Um, I would rather see Tony Ferguson wait and see what happens with Conor in August and see if he realistically is going to come back in December like he's promising. If Conor McGregor does come back in December, for me, Tony Ferguson's got to be the one that gets that fight. Uh, whether that happens or not, I don't know. But for me, Kev, Tony Ferguson has got to be number one contender. So what about Kevin Lee versus Khabib? Let's do that. Did you just burp
0: on the show, by the way?
1: No, no, I was just uh, controlling (laughs) myself.
0: Khabib, yeah? Edson Barbosa?
1: Edson Barbosa's a great fight as well, yeah. To be honest, the way Kevin Lee looks at the moment, he's so well-rounded. I can just see now why the kids, why we've all been getting excited about him so much and it's completely justified. And That was a real statement performance for me. I don't want Mario's, I'm not going to say premature, but slightly early stoppage, uh, ruined the fact that that was a standout performance and a career, like a real career breakthrough performance from Kevin Lee. He was mm. the underdog going in for that fight, I believe. So mm. that was a massive, massive win for him.
0: Do you not reckon he's got a little bit of John Jones about him, that kid? And, and I when, think I, he has, And yeah, when I say that, that... He's
1: got real swagger about him. He's got
0: swagger because he comes across a bit of a dickhead outside the uh, Octagon. Every time I see him interviewed, I'm like, all right, mate. And then when he's in the Octagon, he does have a little bit of swagger about him. He, do, he does he does, do the business. And there is a, everybody loves that... Um, that that uh, that baddie uh, attitude that uh, John Jones has got, yeah.
1: man. Well, he's from Grand Rapids, Michigan. And as we know, there's another famous fighter that's done pretty well out of fight sports who's from Grand Rapids in Michigan. That is also quite a polarizing figure. So there's, there's worse role models to have than Floyd Mayweather. Uh, <laughs> but this is a kid that gave up his life in, in Michigan, it, it, You know, walked away from his family, his friends, everything else, and he moved to Las Vegas, he moved to Extreme Couture, and I know people are train with him. at Extreme Couture and they say he's an absolute beast. But he gave up his life to move to Vegas on his own to chase this dream. And and for me, he's realising, he's realising that dream now. Because again, let's not let's not skate over the fact that that was a, an amazing performance by Kevin Lee, and he's proved himself to be right in hmm. right in the top ten, if not top five, of the lightweight division.
0: All right, I'll give you the I five for that, mate. Because that body lock was like a like a famished it's python. Class. It was like a famished python, mate. You put it on, it on, it on paper,
1: Kies is the better ground fighter. Even hmm. though Kevin Lee's got a good, a good wrestling background, he's hmm. a, a, you know, a, a better jujitsu fighter, many thought, but uh, he handled them brilliantly.
0: All right then, let's see if you agree with me on this then. Big Rig is a fucking joke.
1: Oh man, <laughs> what this is fat th-
0: fuck? What is Johnny Hendricks doing, mate? Right, he's a he's a welterweight that didn't make middleweight. What is he doing? He's eating pies. That's what he's mate, doing. he's at the buffet. He's at the fucking buffet. He's not taking this seriously. Yeah. What would you do with him? I'd cut, I'd cut him. I'd say, go on, sling you up, mate. If you're not taking this gig seriously, do one. That's three uh, That's three missed
1: weights in his last four yeah. fights, man, and he's on the slide. <laughs> do one. Miss, miss a middleweight? That was the difference there between a fat, lazy, unprofessional welter, welterweight taking on a, let's be honest, a gatekeeper, yet professional, committed and huge middleweight. He's a former light Tim, heavyweight. He's Tim Bosch is a former light heavyweight who yeah. works hard to become a, to come down to middleweight. You know, this is an honest guy. He works as a cop. Tim Bosch as well. You know, he's he's as honest as the day is the day is young. However, he's limited in his ability. Mm. He, he is a gatekeeper to the top ten, unfortunately, and it looks like he will forever be so. But when Hendricks missed weight, I just you know what? I mean, I really wanted Boach to yeah, to, to knock him out because I was like, "Well, fuck you, Johnny Hendrix. You've got that little respect for Tim Boch, or even this sport, that now you can't even make middleweight. It's unbelievable." And to be honest, it's I was speaking to uh, I did a piece a couple of I think about eighteen months, two years ago on wrestlers and on. on what makes great? What makes great mixed martial artists from being high school wrestlers? And it was the mentality. And, and I remember speaking to a couple of coaches. Might have even been Ricky Lundell, and he was saying to me that because these guys have made weight since the age of seven, they they regimented. They 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 learn how to grind, and that's what makes them such good mixed martial artists. However, he said, famously, wrestlers go overnight. Like, literally overnight they go from being a real strong contender to being finished. Mm. And he said, the main problem is they can no longer make weight because once that bit of doubt goes in their head that, oh, is this worth it? Or am I going to achieve this? Or once that that shadow of doubt comes in, the body basically goes, well, fucking thank fuck for that (laughs) because they've been making weight (laughs) since the age of six and seven. So as soon as that mentality goes like well you know does, am i really as committed mm. the body for the first time goes ah oh, and relax thank fuck donuts and, and and it's it's so difficult for them to then switch back to that mentality and he was like honestly once a wrestler goes they're gone you'll they'll never ever get back to where they need to be because their mentality of making weight but physically the body just refuses to make weight refuses to cut anymore mm. and that's exactly what's happened to Johnny Hendrix he's what just as soon as he lost that welterweight belt to Robbie Lawler has literally fell off a cliff
0: what exactly what a ride man i mean this is a geezer that was in with the top top boys in that welterweight division and to see him where he's at right at this moment in time it's like, what the
1: fuck are you doing? What Pussed are you GSP doing? GSP to the wire, don't yeah, forget. Man. To the wire, of people that said, was a, a lot of people said very close decision. Yeah, it was a fight night. It was a belted of a fight, mm. but it was super close. Well, it was a split decision to GSP, but it was... Arguing about where that third round went, they won two each, and then there was a third round that was heavily debated either way. And that was one of the reasons why GSP walked away because he was like, Fucking hell, I'm gonna lose the belt here, so I may as well go out on a high while I'm, I'm still on top. Mm. And everyone thought that's it, Big Rig's gonna take over. But uh, you know, since he beat Robbie Lawler, strapped the belt around the waist since then. Obviously Laura won, won wins the second fight and since then what's he done? Is he won one, maybe two fights? Hmm. But he won that fight last time against Tech Lombard again, the battle had a fat welterweight <laughs> up at middleweight. So <laughs> don't judge that. And you know I don't know. I, I just think for for Big Rig now, does it does he need this sport? Because the sport certainly doesn't need him. It seems Mm. to have left him behind. Psychologically, he's gone. Mm. So it's going to be interesting to see what even the UFC would do with him next. Because they moved him up to middleweight because he consistently failed to make welterweight. So now they're just going to go, well, listen, you're going to have to fight at light heavy. (laughs) Because he's not even a middleweight. (laughs) I'm it's done insane. with him man he's
0: out I'm done with him I'm done with him um, one woman yeah. that in my opinion deserves uh, a little bit more credit than she's currently getting is uh, Felice Herrig I think that recently she's really turned the game around I think she got beat off uh, Paige Van didn't she and I thought to myself where's she at and then over the last 3-4 fights she's really turned it on and at the weekend against Justin Keish I thought she was absolutely brilliant the fight itself The fight itself was brilliant. There's a moment in this fight uh, where Justine defends that rear naked choke and manages to get out of it. God knows how she did it. It was like breathing Mm -hmm. through her ears. It was unbelievable to watch, really unbelievable to watch. However, the whole fight now is overshadowed uh, because in the last 20, 30 seconds of round number three, uh, Justine shits herself, literally, and uh, curls a turd out in the middle of the octagon. (laughs) Who cleans that up, man? Who who is unfortunate enough to clean that up? That's not the gig that you want. You know what no. I mean? When you when you go home to your parents and you talk about a great day at work, what have you been doing today? Oh, I clean uh, I'll clean a fighter's shit up from the octagon. You know what I mean? You don't really yeah. want to be doing that.
1: No, you don't, no. It's not a it's not ideal. And I wouldn't have liked to have been the, the fight that followed that yeah, <laughs> he because man you know yourself with kids at home when the little fella misses the potty Jesus Christ you need to disinfect the whole house because the whole house just thinks so didn't imagine last week. what that canvas smelt like
0: my lad did that last week He's um, yeah he Alex
1: a, did that the other day mm, as well yeah. he
0: had a little bit of a belly ache and uh, he's one of them that likes to leave it to the last minute my lad I don't know why he <laughs> does this he's, sh- he's like in corners shivering shaking watching Peppa Pig and I'm like going do you need a poo and he's looking at me going, no, and he's shaking away in the corner like a dog. I'm like, yeah. get upstairs and go for a poo. And the other day, right, he was in the bathroom shaking in the corner. I said, get on the toilet now, right? And he trumps. Then he went, oh, sorry, Daddy, I thought it was a trump no project it all over the bathroom floor to get on the toilet now man we've all been there we've all followed through at some point in our lives I can distinctly remember two occasions one I think I was around about nine or ten years of age and I was playing a game of cricket on the park we uh a load of pals it was a lovely hot summer's day I was doing quite well doing really well I was dominating the match I was smashing it all over the park probably my greatest ever cricket team performance I didn't want to leave and I needed a poo but I didn't want to leave and as I. Set off for a run to make me fifty. Yeah, I shot myself. All right, that's what
1: happened. <laughs> Followed through.
0: A little squeezer came out there. I didn't tell anybody. I just like ran a little bit funny then for the rest of the innings.
1: I've done it. Well, you a... carried on. Of course, I carried on. <laughs> you went there. After your century, of course I did. I was going for
0: a big century. Yeah, of course I did. I've actually done it as an adult. You know.
1: Mate, this is, come
0: on no it was Lay it down. really really right randomly literally I, i've never <laughs> i've never told my wife this but it was one of our first one of our first dates <laughs> <laughs> she um, no seriously she obviously knows that i'm into all different types of sports and she bought us some tickets uh for a footy match that we went to so we gone to this we gone to this football match thought so it was just football match and i wasn't feeling 100% percent i have been out the night before with a few mates and had a skin full, and i wasn't feeling 100% and uh, we sat down and I could feel me you know when you feel your tummy bubbling like you know what I mean and it's going all over the gaff but you're on like the second or third date with this girl that you kind of like so it's still still impressing yeah you're still impressing you don't want to do one you don't want to go and leave her in the stadium and all that type of stuff so I'm holding on just uh, being her company and keep the conversation going because I'm trying to impress her and all this type of stuff Anyway, there are a moment in the match where I've jumped up or something to—I don't know—celebrate something or shout at somebody, and I've shot myself. <laughs> just a little one, just a little one's creeped out. And I went, "Oh, that didn't—that didn't feel like a fart. That—that that didn't feel like.
1: Oh, what have I done here?
0: That don't feel like a fart. So I'm reluctantly sitting on the edge of the seat, not to squeeze it into me keks or anything. Like I'm thinking, "I've, I've shot here. I've shot. And then for the rest of the day, the rest of the day, you're you're holding conversation, but you're not fully in the conversation. You know what I mean? You're,
1: you're having, thinking, is that going to yeah. fall down my leg?
0: You're, you're talking about stuff and it's not, re- it's not flowing because in my head, I'm thinking about the rest of the shit that's in, the, in my kicked. In I'm thinking about getting home and, and cleaning myself up. Now, the rest of the day after the football was to go to the pub and have a few drinks and maybe go out for a bit of something to eat and then mm-hmm. you know what, whatever, you know what I'm saying? I had to, I had to bail, mate. I had to bail on her. I said, "Listen, oh, uh, uh, something's come up. My mum's just rang, us. I've got to go and do X, Y, and Z, and like all this stuff." Luckily, we ended up getting wed. We ended up getting married off the back of not me shitting myself, but uh, managed to get a second, uh, uh, another date after that, and carry on the impressing less of (laughs) shitting my (laughs) ex. You know what I mean? I must have been, I must have been twenty-seven, twenty-eight years of age when that happened, man. (laughs) It's a good, it's a good eight years ago that last time I shot myself. Last time I shot myself, I was twenty-eight there you go so, so Justine at the weekend you know I feel your pain babe I feel it luckily I didn't do it on TV in front of millions of people say,
1: you were in a stadium mm. with 40,000 but they weren't looking at you necessarily the guy behind was probably like poor he stinks oh, fucking hell
0: what's going on then has he got a bit of... luckily I weren't wearing yeah. white kecks or anything like that giving it the proper big Essex boy you know what I mean none of that yeah. nonsense luckily I had a so pub, how long a did you Jean wait on. until
1: you made your excuse did you go swifty in the pub and then oh you know what Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Or did she just literally dart after the match? Well, you
0: know what? I'll tell you what the worst thing about it was, right? because she So bought... poor Casey
1: sat through football match yeah. hoping
0: to get a meal and she didn't even get fed. Well, check this out, right? The worst thing about the whole situation was because she'd bought the tickets and it was her treat to me because I think I paid for the first three or four dates and she wanted to get a date in, right? So she said, mm. right, I'll pick you up. So it, with Shitty my kex, I had to sit in her car for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sat in her car thinking, please don't sleep, Please don't seep. Last thing I want is to get out of this car and to be a shit, <laughs> shit stain. On the seat. Last thing I want is a shit stain on the air. Come on, Did please. you get out and have
1: a little knock as Close well? Of course I did. I you did. Get out, like, you fucking I did. have a little spot? Of course I,
0: I actually wanted to sniff it just to make sure that I wasn't leaving out, you know? Luckily, I just got out and there was nothing there and I've not said anything about it. So if she ever listens to this show, right? There you go, kid. There you go. On our fourth or fifth oh, day, I God. shot myself. There you go. I'm gonna
1: get Jane to text. her and go. You've got a latest show. You do later Latest that. show. Mm.
0: Go Unbelievable. On. Come on, you must have. You must have. I've, I've never point. shit myself. Get <laughs> no, out, man. <laughs> Don't leave me hanging like that. I've burned my soul. I've told everybody about <laughs> shitting me pants. <laughs>
1: Brilliant. And no, you just gonna leave it yourself. Oh, yeah. Never shit myself. Yeah. I can give you. I can give you a dribble story. <laughs> I've got a legit dribble story so it was my uh, 21st birthday party nice, all nice. my friends and family are there you know everyone's partying away in, in the back of some pub somewhere in uh in, in liverpool and uh and so anyway I, unbeknownst to me i goes to the bathroom standing there having a wee you know unbeknownst to me back outside the strippers arrived so the strippers there on the dance floor where is he you know get him out here blah 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 so my older cousin and his mate come bawling into the toilets, Here he is, Ray! and Frog march me out and I'm going, Fucking hell, let me pull my keks up, let me pull my keks up. So I'm fighting to pull my trousers up. Just about get my trousers up as they get me outside. Then the stripper sits me down on a chair and she's dancing round and all this kind of stuff. So it was like a tame stripper. Don't get me you know, my dad was there, it wasn't like a bit of a roly
0: poly strip yeah.
1: show. Yeah, a bit of a roly poly job, yeah. Suzzies and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> then the worst thing happens she fucking strips me down no. in front of the spotlights. No. And as me kecks come down, no. I've got a big... Be- <laughs> Piss stain dribble <laughs> on me grey boxes on me grey Calvin Kleins. Yes, yes, yes. I was like, no, and everyone's like, oh, he's pissed himself? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, my mates at the bar were going, "That ain't piss. He's been, he's a bit too excited." He jizzed himself. Look exactly, at that and I'm like, fucking hell! I went to, he's just dragged me out. Obviously, no one wants to, no one wants to hear the excuses at that point. Mm. Yeah. There you go. I've, I've joined so in, me and you I can, now. Hang
0: on a minute. I can't, I can't think what's worse. Shitting myself or jizzing myself. I can't think of which is worse. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd take jizzy. I'd take shitting over jizzing all day long, mate. I would. In fact, if you're, li- if you're listening to the show, if you could just get... I'm going to put a poll up on our social media... Uh, shitting or jizzing shitting or jizzing that's a new t-shirt that's a new t-shirt for you ladies and gentlemen shitting or jizzing if you could just ping us a little message which would you rather be caught doing right shitting in your pants or jizzing in your pants which one would you rather (laughs) at Fight oh, Disciples dear. on Twitter just put, you know you can just do it on the DM if you want if you want to if you want to keep it on the down Um if you want to share your stories of that type of stuff you're more than welcome to do so because we're just trying to make Justine Keesh feel a little bit more part of the yeah, crew yeah poor Justine, because Justine. Week, she's not uh, the only
1: one to do it in the UFC it's been done before mm. well famously, famously in the world before, of
0: football yeah. uh, Gary Lineker did it in the 1990 World Cup didn't he he shat himself in the Cameroon game and wiped his ass on the grass so fair play to the yep. kid you know what I mean uh, Justine that. anyway unlucky kid you know what I mean you've shat in front of the world never mind. Um, for Felice Herrig, by the way, top fifteen strawweights next. Do you reckon? Do you reckon a rematch with PVZ or maybe a bit of Michelle Watson? I'm going to talk about her in a minute with that naked uh, photo shoot that's been going on. Anyway, what do you reckon? One Michelle Watson's
1: not a bad shout, you know, uh, Felice. I know she come out afterwards and she went, "I don't get the exposure deserve because uh, is it because I'm not pretty or yeah, young, young and or pretty. something? Young and pretty, yeah." And I was like, you know, I, 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 I've dealt with Felice Herrig's management over the years and stuff, and I've never known a fighter. In in, in in competitive fight sports to be as so open to strip off every phone call with the management was like she'll do she'll do a naked shoot if you want I was like you know all right fucking out Put it back on. I got And if you look at if you looked at the weigh-ins for this event as well, she put a little naughty video out where she dropped the towel and she was completely naked. Did you see that yeah, on the yeah, Thursday, yeah, or the yeah, Friday yeah. check weigh-in? Felice Herrigman, she's always and then she has the audacity to come up and go. Is it because I'm not young and pretty enough? You're like, come on, Felice, you've you've, you've constantly got your tits out, girl. <laughs> like you're, you're trying to you're, you're trying to go, oh, page man's that all that. Is it because they're all pretty? They get the exposure. That can I? You've never got your clothes on. You know, do yourself a favor. But uh, anyway. This is a good win for her. Yeah. That's, three a, that's three in a row for Felice Herrig now. Yeah. So she's a vet, you know, she's a real vet. She's been around the game for a, a long time. I think she's, you know, she's a good self-publicist. She promotes herself well. I think, you know, she's somewhere for title shot. I, I, again, I don't think she's going to ever get a title shot, but if if, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen soon. Hmm.
0: Uh, just a couple of things before we talk BJ, all right? From uh, jizzing in the pants to BJ's, that's what we're going to do, right? But we're going to go, uh, first of all, what an amazing June uh, for Dominic Reyes. Unbelievable, right? He was fighting in the LFA promotion at the start of June. Unbelievable high highlight real type of uh, knockout on, the, on, on June the 2nd, which obviously brought into the attention of the UFC. The UFC said, hey, man, do you fancy a quick call-up? We'll uh, turn it around and get you on this fight card. He gets called up to the UFC, and on his debut, knocks out a kid in 29 seconds. That is mm-hmm. some June, baby, and then gets a little performance of the night bonus. Chitter-ching!
1: Exactly, yes. Good it on gets, you, boy. Makes his debut on a main card. Walks mm. away with, you know, he was only guaranteed twelve grand for that fight. Yeah. Doubled his money, obviously, to get twenty-four. Gets a fifty bonus. Nice seventy-four grand check in the back pocket there of Mr. Reyes. Well that's done, how you a... That's what uh, it's all
0: about. Clay Guida as well. Uh, good to see him back. The energies that are rocking and yes. rolling with that boy. I love his. I love his energies. Cardio's unbelievable. Nice unanimous decision over. Uh, I uh, thought uh, he Cop- looked
1: good. He looked good. That that's, that was like a new and improved uh, Clay Guida. You know? I think Team Alpha Male's treating him well. It looks good for him. It mm. could give him a new lease of life.
0: Mm, absolutely right. Come on, let's do BJ. Right, because I don't <sighs> want to talk about do anybody we have else. To? Well, you have to, mate. Yeah, because the whole fight itself, right? right. B.J. Penn, uh, Dennis Seaver, This was like something that I, that happens maybe in the in the old people's home when two old fellas are fighting over some granny. You know what I mean? Like they've got a little mm. bit OTT. Like someone didn't get enough custard with their apple pie or something like that. Uh, it yeah. looked like it belonged on Zimmer frames at times. Dennis, before we talk BJ Dennis Seaver Jesus Christ man did he have like a court hanger down his back or something like that he's like he's got the turning circle of the fucking QE to him, it takes, me, takes him it takes him all day All takes him all day he's like he's signalling I'm gonna throw a high kick now BJ alright yeah, it's coming in, in a minute just let me get, get my me leg going son and you I think know. he's like, Jesus Christ. I bet if he goes in reverse, there's them beeping sounds coming on. You know what I mean? <laughs> beep, beep,
1: beep, beep. There was a time not too long ago that fucking Dennis Severs spinning back kicks. Where he was notorious for them. He mm. was like a killer. Mm. He knocked out Paul Kelly with one. I think he did Paul Taylor with one. He, he, that was his move, his spin and back kick. And now, as you say, fucking hell. I reckon I could get, get out of the he, way has throw it at, he has to throw it at the weigh in for it to land on Saturday night. <laughs>
0: Uh, and obviously, he was taking on b j. You know what we think about b j if you listen that's not b j show...
1: man that's not b j well, that, that's this... the artist formerly known as b j that's someone's dad. that's not b j that's not b j penn can someone that is not b j please
0: one of his friends, one of his family members. Get hold of him and just say, listen, mate, there is something for you outside of the UFC. We will find you Fuck another yeah. job. We will find you something else. You're BJ Penn, for fuck's sake. We will find something? you something, mate. He's obviously just, just, got just no confidence. the conference. king of Hawaii. Yeah, but he's got no confidence, obviously, in that because why is he not doing that already? If he genuinely believed that there was something post-UFC, he would be doing it. Why do this? Because if he carries on doing what he's doing right now, he's going to catch, c- catch up with him later on in life and nobody wants to see that shit
1: no no exactly and uh, you know I, I get it like uh, and i and i hate using the word retire because who am i to or who are we or who is anybody to tell any fighter to retire it's got to be their own decision or their promoters or their management bj's family bj's management team the people around bj need to ask him why? Why he's continuing? Is it? Is it purely about finances? Because if it's about finances, then ask the UFC to Alicia, go to Bellator, earn more money, and, and just fight against
0: mugs. Well, hang on a minute. Hang on. on that if you look at the card at the weekend, the UFC have got to hold their hands up here because they paid him the most out of any other fighter that competed at the weekend. One hundred and fifty thousand dollars, mate, and he got fucking Guaranteed. beat. The guy, Guaranteed, that, yeah. the guy that beat him, got seventy eight thousand for winning the fight. Mm-hmm. Half. Half the amount for the guy that he beat. That's fucking a yeah. joke adju- I don't care if he's a legend of the game. The game moves on. Father time waits for no man. You've got to but be- you've got to be- do a bit of tough love, I think, at some time, man. Otherwise you're yeah. gonna you're putting some kids' health at risk. I mean, God's sake. Did they not see him come into the octagon where well, he's fucking sure it's so inside out? They were they were inside. Did you not see that? BJ was he did wearing- that. He did
1: that deliberately though.
0: Yeah, but uh, forget he did it deliberately. He's telling you that he did it deliberately. I'm telling you, mate, that's old man syndrome. <laughs> old man syndrome is what that is. <laughs> He's put his keks on <laughs> on the inside out. Never mind doing it deliberately. Someone needs to pull the plug. Let's call it uh, there, I BJ.
1: I can't believe nobody backstage went, you're fucking not going out like that. You better put your your, tr- your trunks on the right way around. He did it because it made it look like he was wearing his own BJ pen trunks that he always wears with the black belt around it, with the black tassels. Mm. That's why he did it like that. But, like, you know, so many fighters on Twitter like, "Well, cool. Uh, can I wear my fucking shorts inside out? Because I don't want to carry a Reebok badge either for fucking two grand or whatever they're going to give me. So BJ set precedent there, so the UFC need to be careful. Like I'm surprised they let, Honestly, I'm surprised they let him walk out like that. But uh, and I bet you someone someone's head bounced uh, because they let him go out. Yeah, like
0: BJ's, that as well. BJ's mate, BJ's bounced. Listen, he hasn't had a win in the UFC since 2010.
1: Yeah, I know. Seven years, scary, isn't it? It's scary. And, but, only, you know, and it's in like,
0: that time, and that time, he's only had five fights because he's retired, come back, retired, come back. He has a long yeah. break. He can't retire.
1: He can't retire. He and the needs problem is to because because he's BJ Penn as well. You know, the best trainers in the world are still falling over themselves to be in his corner because he's BJ Penn, mm. you know. and Because BJ hasn't been with the same corner, year, corner team for years and years, he's always kind of gone from here and there. He was at Nova and Yao. Now he's at kind of like with Jacksons, but he's also with uh, Peril- Jason Perillo. Mm. And, you know, he kind of pops up at everyone's gym and everyone loves him. He's been a tri-star, you know. He's been everywhere.
0: Do the, do and, the UFC, just before you carry on with that, right, do the UFC have... A duty of care to these fighters because it seems yes. to me, right, that they just let them fight. Yeah, we'll make a boatload of cash off you. We'll keep making a boatload of cash off you because they know that if they put B.J. Penn on the fucking card because he's a legend, people are going to buy tickets and come and see it, and they'll buy the pay per view and they'll come and see it because it's B.J. Penn. It's irrelevant whether he's going to get smashed up or not. He's, it, 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 the people will come to see him. But do yep. they have a duty of the care for post fight? They need to say to him, say, right, okay, mate, now your career is going to move on from outside the octagon. We're going to move you into these other realms. Now we're going to help you get re-employed, for, for, like the like the services do, you know what I mean? If you're in the armed forces or whatever, they they give you a trade, they help you get a trade, and then there's a process of helping you reintegrate as a civilian. Do they need to do that, mate? Because they're putting lives at risk here.
1: They are, and, but then again, you know, the UFC, you could argue, they're just a, a promotion. They're not a governing body of the sport. You know they, they, they've not a, they've not got any duty of care really because they're just a, a, a promotion that is given BJ Penn a platform to earn money and to put on fights like just like Bellator's like they, they, there's no. There's no thing with them, there's no small print that after your career's over, we'll look after you. The difference was that with Chuck Liddell and Matt Hughes and and, and Forrest Griffin, because they did so much for the previous owners and the previous owners had a strong working relationship and affinity with them, that's when they give them those those flower jobs. But obviously, as soon as IMG come in, they just went, well, they're gone because they give us nothing in return. We can't just pay them indefinitely Hmm. just because they were once icons. And unfortunately, that's where we've seen, obviously, Matt Hughes is in terrible shape now and and Chuck Liddell's even talking about coming back because they, they they, they were used to that lifestyle and used to having that income coming in. I think if BJ was to walk away from the UFC. Yes, he could become a coach, undoubtedly, people would want to work with BJ. But he could travel away just doing seminars. You know, Everyone would want to do a BJ, BJ Penn seminar. You know, he doesn't have to fight. The problem with BJ Penn is he is not an athlete that became a fighter. He's a fighter that's always tried to be an athlete. And there's a big difference there. He, he was born to fight. Unfortunately, you'll never knock that out of him. But you're right, there's got to be a duty of care somewhere to go, we don't want to, See BJ fight anymore, and nobody wants to buy it. So, UFC just need to be brave and go, BJ, man, we're sorry, you've been an icon for us. We're going to open a BJ Penn gym. I think they've got a UFC gym in, in, in Hawaii called, you know, for BJ Penn anyway. Just, we'll help you tour the country. You can come with us on our shows and do seminars and speak to the fans and everything else, kind of what Forrest Griffin does if you want to do that. Mm. And if BJ Penn goes, no, no, I want to keep fighting, so I'm good, then they've just got to go, okay, then we'll. You can't fight for us, so... And then, it's up to Bellator, then it's up to the fans of Bellator. And I know the fans who watch Bellator are a bit fucked up, because they pay to watch Fedor, or the fighter formerly known as. And they probably will pay to see BJ Penn, but unfortunately, they'll get their stomach full, because... Listen, I, I understand what Fido done for this sport. He's an icon, but I also watched Bellator at the weekend. and watching Fido near. for thought, fucking hell, this is kind of sadistic. I don't want to see Fido fight anymore. And I think eventually people would feel the same way about BJ Penn. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Now, before we get stuck into
0: Bellator and uh, obviously the show that was... Uh, from Madison Square Garden. Uh, let's talk about some news that's going on in the world of uh, UFC. As we're recording this now, there's uh, breaking news coming in left, right and centre. And I've no doubt that when you're listening to this, there might even be more. But we'll give you what we know um, that's happened over the last seven days. Heartbroke mate. Cowboy chironi. Uh, injured, Lawler fight is off, however it might be being moved just one pay-per-view backwards towards UFC 214 I hope it is, I don't want this fight to go away I want it to still be there, I want it to bubble away because that for me my man is an absolute lip smacker
1: mm-hmm. it sure is Yeah, yeah. It's, again it's a, it's a huge fight it's a massive fan fight, both of those have got unreal fan following And uh, I'm just glad it's been pushed back and they haven't tried to find a different opponent for Luke uh, Mm. for for Robbie Lawler because that's a fight we all want to see.
0: Speaking of uh, finding a different opponent, uh, we spoke about this on last week's show, Megan Anderson. We're all excited about Megan Anderson uh, taking on Cyborg, but she's out of this clash, personal reasons. Don't know too much more about that, but we'll leave it at that. Uh, We wish her well and we hope that she can get back to uh, the UFC very, very soon and uh, fight for this 145... Uh, pound Crown, uh, the uh, division that has been set up for Cyborg. Cyborg is going to continue. She will be there and she will be taking on Tonya Evinger, who is Evictor's £135 champion. I'll tell you something, this is just nicking all the best from Invicta. Get them all in the one pot and yeah. let's have it! £145 yeah. pound champ versus the £135 champ for the UFC £145 belt.
1: Come on! Yeah, it is, and you know, to be it's no surprise either because Invicta is a, is basically a feeder league for the UFC. We we know that anyway. They they were. They were set up to test the market. Uh, you know, the president of Invicta, she used to actually be a UFC employee. And they she left the UFC and started Invicta pretty much straight away. So read between the lines there and you can see it was the UFC's way of testing the market for a women's only league. And that's where they're building their stars. So, it, you know, is a good a good opponent for Cyborg. She'll certainly come to fight. I thought it's no Megan Anderson. No, that was the fight we were really looking mm. forward to. The
0: problem is, is the weight difference, isn't it? I mean, um, Cy- exactly. Cyborg is not well. She's she's cut, she's busting her ass to get to one four five. We're talking about yeah. a kid that she used to fight in at one hundred thirty five uh, pounds. So therefore, that weight difference is going to be, it's going to, it's going to tell on the night, mate. Because uh, Cyborg is an animal, absolute animal, and I expect her to to put some manners on it. Even though, like you've just said, uh, Tanya is, is a is a very come forward fighter. She dominated that one hundred thirty five division uh, at Invicta, and I would expect her to. Withstand it maybe for a round or two, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Sideboy's taking her out, mate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you make? Can of we de- talk
1: about Michelle Waterson's ESPN body fi-
0: issue? Listen, covered? right? Listen, I, put, I don't just throw this shit together, Nick. Fucking excited, here. Don't worry, I don't throw this shit together. I put it all in a nice list because we, what we do is we finish with the crescendo at the end, mate. All right? <laughs> we, I'll give you the cherry on top of the cake at the end.
1: Oh yeah! Can we have a look at some pictures? Stop it, you
0: pervy bastard! Listen, I've, to, I've just <laughs> confessed that I've been shatting myself. You? No, wouldn't you? Going to be jizzing? actually now in your pants? <laughs> Stop it! Calm down. Uh, what do you make of Derek Lewis? saying that he's not retiring
1: good I'm glad. I always thought it might have been a bit of a knee-jerk reaction. Sometimes it happens the guys are on a bit of a roll and then suddenly they feel uh, they, they feel like they're mortal when they've been feeling immortal and they feel like it's on the cards that they're going to win it and suddenly hmm. they make a snap reaction like that where it's like, oh, I'm not going to do this anymore. You know, Obviously, I can't even beat Mark Hunt, so it's not going to happen. I'm glad he's done a U-turn. Uh, it doesn't kind of surprise me. Uh, I'm, I'm just surprised it's taken Rumble. Rumble still hasn't announced his comeback, as he will. Yeah but he's um,
0: yeah, but he's doing his weed thing, isn't he? He's flogging his weed, mate. Some draw. He's, yeah, he's he's making a few quid off his cannabis farm. So once yeah, that's, so, yeah. once it's uh, a fallow season, mate, expect him back in the octagon. <laughs> um before we get to Waterson, uh Dos Santos, fourth. Uh Naganu, fifth, UFC mm-hmm. two one five, it is on, baby. This is the fight, innit? This is the fight.
1: <laughs> well, this is what Francis needs. Francis needs uh we, we spoke about this earlier. We were saying, you know, who's next for Steve and we were like, no, it's too early for Francis. It's too early for the Black Beast. They really need to beat a top contender to win their position. Um, and and you don't get any more than a top contender than the guy that's just lost the Stepe. So, massive opportunity for for Francis here. I think if he beats Junior in September in Canada, then then one hundred percent he's got to be next in line to fight Stepe for the belt. But uh, yeah, man, awesome opportunity for him. And it'll be good to see what the new Francis and Ganu looks like. You know, because he lives in Vegas now, as we. Know. No, he's got a new setup and everything there, so it's gonna be interesting, man, He He's like a Great badass
0: man. Mr. Shovels is taking him right. He's taking Dos Santos out. He's gonna be next in line. But who is Stipe taking to obviously make his uh his uh, his his world record of defenses as the heavyweight champion. I reckon it's going to be Kane. I reckon they're going to get Kane it's nice got to be and Kane. fit. They got to get him fit, man. Get him fit. Get him. That's pop- the problem. Get, do you know something? Get him pop- Getting popped up with some TRT, mate. That'll fucking sort him out. Let's get him yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah. I don't give a shit. Let's get it in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's get the fight him, we want to see. Yeah, <laughs> cleanish. Just clean-ish. A, just a little bit of ten. You know what I mean? It's not clean-ish. It's not a full shit. It's just a few skids, right? That's that's yeah. what it is. That's where we want Ken to be. Get him in the octagon. Patch him
1: up and get him going, mate. Because that will be
0: something else.
1: Yeah. Um, it's a sh- shame Johnny Hendricks missed weights because he could have put himself put his name in the frame here because he's probably going to be a heavyweight <laughs> by the end of the year. So. <laughs>
0: Uh, Now, I know that Nick's already alluded to it. You're probably now not listening to the podcast. You've probably gone Google searching ESPN bodies issue, looking for Michelle Waterson, because I know I did when I saw the The actual... Karate Hottie! The Karate Hottie has uh, done a naked photo shoot, and the front cover is burying her backside. Um, with a high kick, honestly, mate, it is it is a thing of beauty. The whole thing is a thing of beauty. Uh, that front cover, it's something else. And I've even seen the video making of. Yeah, I've gone in. I've gone in on it. I'm not just reading the magazine. I've watched the YouTube gone balls video. deep. Have May I've gone all in. You know what I mean? I have to take my pants off, otherwise there might have been a little bit of jizz in there. There might have been. Um, <laughs> this is this is quite a, a big thing because for um, a UFC. Um, artist, athlete, uh, to be front cover of that ESPN bodies issue just shows exactly where the UFC is in the hearts and minds of the American public and it's yeah. also... I think
1: I think Rhonda did a cover didn't she? Rhonda oh did yeah, a... yeah, yeah.
0: I'm not saying that the nobody's done did it before. Body issue. I'm just saying that they, they do prominently go for other athletes, tennis players and, ath- yep. and athletics and all that type of stuff for us to have a UFC star back on the front cover of the uh, ESPN bodies issue. It's a big thing, mate and this is where WME, uh, IMG are loving it because they love a bit of show Hobbies.
1: of course yeah exactly that's what they're all about but uh they couldn't have picked their hotter star christ look at these pictures jesus
0: i'm going to be doing jesus. the rest of the show by myself now because uh, i don't think nick's going to be paying any attention to me talking about anything else um because his mind has, has wandered he's gone off on a, on a little tangent you all right there
1: hmm mm? what this is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe time, now via the
0: iTunes Store. Are you back in the room?
1: I'm back in the room. <clears throat> the Thank ma- you.
0: Put the magazine down, all right? <laughs> um, for anybody else that's coming into the studio off the back of us, we apologise for those pages being stuck together. Anyway, let's move on, shall we? Um, Bellator Veterans League—that's where we'll go uh, yep. because the night before UFC Oklahoma, we had uh, a little bit of a run out uh, with the Bellator boys. Now it's a, it's kind of. Um, it was kind of it was, night, it was
1: kind of night after wasn't it for us in the UK yeah. fucking hell Bellator sort your shit out well, yeah. why are we having to wait until Monday night to watch it? the biggest pay-per-view event in Bellator history yeah. this is the UK man fucking you, your company Viacom owns Spike in the UK it's on Spike in the US just it, it's not rocket science just give us it.
0: A... instead they,
1: they, they, they try and flog it to us for 1999 on YouTube. online yeah, yeah, on, on YouTube. a YouTube stream
0: yeah 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 get to fuck <laughs> Madison Square Garden is where they were, and there are some awesome talking points, very positive talking points from some of the younger generation that are coming through yep. under the on the uh, Bellator moniker. But the old boys, mate. Mate, I'm, 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 I'm done with it. I know that it's a model, a business model, and I know it's there to suck fans in, and I know it's there to get eyes on the prize. As you said last week, mate, it's purely there, hopefully, to promote the younger lads to say, hey, there's some great young talent here at Bellator, but you're only going to come over here if Chael Sonnen's zero or million encos on these cards. Come over and pay your pay-per-view and come and have a little bit of a nosy. Maybe they need to reassess their uh, their business model and maybe just move away from pay-per-view for a short period of time and put some of the, uh some free eyes on this fantastic talent because there is some fantastic talent we're going to talk about james gallagher we'll get to him in a minute but let's mm-hmm. go to let's go to the top of the card though first mate right chael versus vondi come on one delay oh, pfft. i can't be arsed I, I, I genuinely can't be arsed and i can't be asked with all the pantomime that comes with chael anymore you're not no. the baddest man on the planet anymore. You're not the American gangster. Why have you called out Fedor? who's just been fucking knocked out in the fight before? I'm not interested, mate. I don't want to... I'm done. I'm out. I want some new fresh talent coming through. I want to be excited by it all
1: again. There was a time Manchel was like the best in the business for for trash-talking, and everyone loved him for it. And, you know, he, he was really kind of... I wouldn't say a pioneer, but he was he was really like the breakthrough guy. He was He was the best quote in the business. But you're right now. Since Connor's come out, and Connor's Connor does it not only with style, but with natural, um, naturally with truth. Like yeah. he, he speaks the truth through through his own mind. That Connor is legit, whereas Charles just a, a pantomime. Mm. He's just a character, isn't he? You know, he he's kidding no one. He talks shit, but he he can't back the shit up anyway. But half the time, it's just utter nonsense. And I just think he's had a, it's it's had its time now, you know. I think I'm a bit bored of it now. And I really like Chael as a person as well. I, I've been lucky enough to be in his company a few times, and he, he's a genuinely top bloke. But uh, this whole persona that he's done is just feels so tired mm. and boring now. Uh, and obviously, the fight against vandalay <clears throat> We we could see that coming. That was obviously what he's going to do. He's going to throw some punches just to get up close and then put Vandalay on his back and and stop Vandalay from swinging away. And unfortunately, Vandalay an old man as well, and he wasn't able to to really get out of any of the positions mm. to, to get any to lay any punches on him. You know, it, with the few times he did catch Chael, Chael's chin looked dodgy, as we know. Vandalay's obviously still got a good chin, but can't get up off the back when he's when he's being held down by a a legit wrestler like Chael is. It, it was what it was. We could call this fight. You'd watch it ninety-nine times out of 100, out of hundred, and Vandalay might catch him once in, the, in them hundred times. It was boring. Uh, I don't want to see it again, and I wouldn't really. As icons, as certainly Vandalay, as, as much as an icon and an inspiration as this sport as he was. You know, back in the day, Vandalay was the fucking man, hmm. the axe murderer kid, and he, he he backed it up. But now, you know, his body's obliterated. That many years of not only wars but getting juiced up to the eyeballs as well have caught up with both these guys.
0: Best thing about this fight was the crowd giving Tito shit in the, you know what I mean. He's had, he's had a few scoops as <laughs> yeah. Tito. He's had a few. Uh, he's had a few Loving drinks. It. He's abusing everybody in the octagon, in particular Chael Sonnen. And then the whole crowd are giving Tito or Tito a lot of abuse, uh, ringing around the MSG. Beautiful stuff. Lovely to see. Then you've got Fido, uh Matt Mitrion. I'm heartbroken. I'm heartbroken that Mitrion got up. Heartbroken, right? mainly because I wanted to see a double knockout. That would have been piss funny. If both of them absolutely chinned each other, they were both flat on the back. I'm thinking, stay down. No, don't get up. Don't finish the fight. That would have been amazing if you were both knocked out. But Matt yeah. Mitrion gets up and then uh, puts the old man to sleep, mate. And I don't want to see him fight again. Do you know like we've just been talking about with BJ Penn? This is the same vibe that I'm getting with these guys. These are guys that got me into mixed martial arts. These are guys that I find as heroes. I want you to be superheroes. I don't want you to be uh, mortal anymore. I don't want to see that. Let it go. No. Let me let me have my memories of how good you used to were. Because Fedor, let's be straight, back in the days of pride, back in the days when he was doing his thing, I don't give a shit when anybody says. He was the best heavyweight on the planet, mate, by a mile.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and, so, and a lot of people would argue, you know, until they were blue in the face that he remains the greatest heavyweight the sport has ever seen. He, the things he achieved in pride will never be repeated. You know, that's just a fact. So you you can't look over what an amazing athlete Fido was in his day and a mixed martial artist, like so skillful. But now he, he he's shot one. You know he's an old man. He's finished now. It's he's not the same fighter he was back in the day. He'd beat ten matrions on one fucking night without a shadow of a doubt. Unfortunately, you've still got the fanboys who won't give it up on social media afterwards. Going ah, but fuck! If if only Fedor had bounced up as quickly as Mitrione, then he'd have done that to Mitrione. Yeah but he didn't cuz he can't cuz he's a fucking old man like he ain't going to bounce up like he used to he hasn't got the resilience like when kevin randleman dropped him on his head and yet he fucking within a few seconds he finishes the fight even when we should have been knocked out cold like that that fido's gone like mm. he's this is fucking 15 20 years on he's not that person anymore just like bj mm. and i think until fans just start going listen we don't want to see this no more unfortunately fido and bj they still have that whole Fuck, I can't I'm gonna go and watch BJ Penn fight or I'm gonna go and watch Fido fight. Like years ago I went to Manchester Arena, I think it was a Nas But chief support was Thomas the Hitman Hearns fighting for a cruiserweight IBO belt or something oh, like that against man. some young kid. And I remember thinking, Fucking hell, I'm gonna get to see Thomas Hearns fighting the flesh and like three rounds into the fight I was like, hey, I ain't not know Thomas Hearns. That that that's an old man. That, that's like a 50-year-old man. That's not Thomas Hines. That's not the fucking, you know, the, the motor... It, it, that just wasn't him, you know, it wasn't the Cobra. I was just like, oh, no, I've been duped. But then I felt sorry then, because I was like, why, why is this icon of, of, of the sport still going? And I feel like that watching BJ and Fedor, and that's why I think fans, we need to, as fans, we need to let Bellator know
0: hmm.
1: that's enough now. We don't need to see this no more. And it's baffling again because Fido, like BJ, comes from money. The problem is these guys are fighters. To the co- Fido was a fucking—he was sports minister for Putin. Putin loves him. He had a cushy job with the government, and yet for some reason he's decided to come back to fight sports and like trying to turn back the clock. It's like it's gone. Like your day is over. Like move aside, let someone else come through. And unfortunately, you got people like Matt Mitrione, who was a fucking very limited heavyweight. You know, a guy calls himself Meatball, for Christ's sake, (laughs) and looks like one. Beaten, beaten, arguably, one of the greatest legends mixed martial arts has ever known, so uh, it's sad, isn't it?
0: sad. Extremely sad, mate. Listen, there were some good things that happened at Bellator. We haven't got there, though, yet, because we've still got some shit to get through, all right? So make sure you stick with us for it. Larkin, Lima, it was shit. Don't bother watching it. If you're thinking of going back and having a look at it, it was rubbish. McDonald will be next, and he will probably take Lima out, all right? We'll just leave it at that. I don't want to talk about it, because I don't want to remind myself of how boring it was. Um, And and I've no doubt that you're going to go balls deep in now on Davis and Bader, because you fucking told us, didn't you? You told us it would happen. You told us. And I know that you took great great pleasure, Nicholas, in going on our Social media, just to point out that lovely gift video that we had of the referee stopping the fight to say, "Hey boys, listen, you're going to have to hit each other at some point because the crowd are getting a little bit pissed off." I I know that you would have been sat there, jizz all over your pants. Your pants would have been off. You'd have been going, "Told you so." This was awful. I saw this in Sweden first time round. What a lot of dog shit!
1: I didn't even watch it. I didn't even watch it. The only thing I seen was Dan Megliotta saying that meme which we reposted of him saying, "Can you guys fight?" The, the day of the fight, Josh Gross, who you know is a, a respected MMA writer in the industry, I think he works for Yahoo or the ESPN, Josh had put something out saying, "Oh, I'm looking forward to it." And I messaged him going, "You you obviously win in Stockholm." I, if you were in Stockholm, you would not be getting excited about this fight. And you come back, I'm in, no, no, I did watch the Stockholm fight on TV. But, you know, you've got to understand that both these fighters have moved on. They've developed. Phil Davis especially. So I sent him one back with a little fingers crossed uh, emoji saying, well, you know, you better fucking hope so. And then afterwards, I felt like ringing Josh and just going, I fucking told you, didn't I? I've been saying this for weeks. Like these guys, when you watch it, sometimes when you watch a fight, you think, just hasn't been a good night for either guys. Other times you can see it when it's shit and you go, fuck, that's just the worst style matchup I've ever seen. Both these guys are pretty shit stand-up. Both these guys are wrestle-heavy. They respect each other too much because they kind of grew up in rival universities where they were wrestling against each other. So there's this deep-rooted respect that you'll never beat out of them. And both of them know the weak strikers. So it's always going to turn into this safety-first grapple, non-get-involved, Bullshit So as soon as Bader signed, Bell- signed Bellator I was like Scott Kokerman You fucking weren't in Stockholm either Because anyone that was in Stockholm Or anyone who knows anything in what About fight sports what's that first fight Would never ever have matched These two guys again This is what I was saying The fucking styles didn't work They were never going to work This was always going to be The shitest fight of the year On Bellator And it fucking was I told you My god Get me a matchmaker's job with Bellator for oh. Christ's sake.
0: Well, shall we do... Listen, for anybody that's listening to this thinking, oh, fancy watching uh, Bellator again. Listen, there are some decent stuff, right? There is some decent stuff. You're just going to need your fast-forward button for some of it, all right? All right. Yep. You, as soon as you see Davis and Bader getting the octagon, just fast forward it. It's all shit. Don't yeah. bother with that. Don't bother with Larkin Lima. I'll tell you where you should go, right? If you want to be inspired, if you want some proper karate kid shit, if you want some sweep the leg type stuff, get your hands on Chandler versus Primus. This is brilliant. There's a My kid God. fighting with a broken leg, mate. And, and he nearly won the fight about 20 yeah. seconds before it's pulled. Wobbled him, didn't he? He wobbled him. him 20 seconds before a fight on one leg, mate. I Sensational. And
1: he, chi- he tries to burst forward, Michael Chandler, to finish it, but that leg, just that broken ankle just gives out on him. Oh. And uh, honestly, I've got... Listen, going into this fight, I had mad respect for Michael Chandler anyway. I said on last week's show, this guy is legit one of the best lightweights on the planet, even though he's in Bellator. Forget about that. He, This guy is legit top five in the world. And... To to break your ankle so early in the fight, yeah, fight on for that as long as he did there was just fucking kind of uh inspiring because you just think wow that's how much it means to you Mate. he's the long term champion in the lightweight division in Bellator he could quite easily have just took an ear and gone boys I've broke my ankle here you know what the fuck and they've gone listen respect but he didn't he went I don't give a fuck about a broken ankle I'm gonna knock you out and you mad props for that like you've got to respect that hang attitude.
0: on he, he even he was even beckoning primus on to say go on then go on then kick my leg go on you know it's mm. broke kick the leg go on do it do it and as he was bringing him in he was trying to fucking chin him what he a hero man Absolute absolutely Absolute case. Yep. The highlight, apart from all that, uh, because the fight ended up getting stopped, but, oh, but de- despite all that, the best thing oh, was... Oh, the chair. The chair, mate. <laughs> the geezer. The keys are from the New York State Athletic Commission, right, who obviously <laughs> <laughs> who was looking after Chandler. Now, bear in mind, Chandler's broke his leg, right? He's broke his ankle. He can't walk. Yeah. So, he sat- so he
1: stopped the fight. They sit him on a stool, don't they?
0: Yeah. So he sits him on the stool. They come over and say, listen, mate, you can't carry on. We're stopping the fight for your own safety, right? So they stop mm. the fight. He stands up to protest. and listen, I can carry on because he's the champ. He wants to carry on, yeah? I yeah. can carry on. He stumbles because he's fucking got a broken leg. He can't stand up. So then the New York State Athletic Commission guy, obviously hears that, swipes his... His chair away from him, but then Chandler thinks I can't stand up here. I'm going to have to try and sit down. He tried to sit down and just got fucking chair <laughs> <God. laughs> ah, sort over of tip. falls
1: back, head hits the fucking fence, oh, and everything. Go, oh, you couldn't. You made a <laughs> cunt of me. But you know what? It, it would only happen in New York because the New York states oh. haven't got a clue. After the crazy thing is, we we as as MMA media, we campaigned for 15 years with the UFC. We want MMA in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And since we got it in, it's been a fuck show. It's been an absolute fuck show. They haven't got a clue what they're doing.
0: The amount of fighters that are having interviews now saying, listen, love New York City. What a fantastic city. The fans are absolutely awesome. Don't want to fight there again, though. It's <laughs> fucking awful. Yeah,
1: Just the, the way officials they Officials haven't got a clue. Oh,
0: they've no idea what's going on. They need to clean that up. They need yep. to get that sorted, both in Bellator and in the UFC. Uh, one thing yep. that also made me laugh hysterically, right, because there's a few things that I want to talk about weigh-in and press conferences and stuff like that but one of the press conferences that absolutely made me piss myself and then compare that to the fight where it was Aaron Pico. brilliantness <laughs> right? so, so Aaron Peacock for those that don't know Aaron Peacock is the guy that everybody is saying in, uh, in Bellator this is the new superstar this is the yeah. guy he is going to blow up he's going to smash everybody to bits he is the boy right he's on the yeah. microphone uh, in the press conference he's on the microphone at the weigh-in he's saying um, listen they've, they've bought me because they want to sell tickets and they want to see knockouts that's what I'm I'm here for man, I'm gonna come in. I'm gonna knock every motherfucker out. That's what he's basically saying. Yeah, gets to the fight. The burning. This is his big coming out. Every, MSG. This is him. Aaron Pico. Everybody's going. Oh, I'm so pumped to see Aaron Pico. He gets in there and he's submitted within 24 seconds by Zach Freeman. What a hero, zachy boy. He goes in, lands on him once, and then chokes the shit out of him. Go on, boy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> to be honest, when the fight was made I was like, Zach Freeman and I had a little look I'm thinking, Fucking hell, he's got an eight and two record. Like the kids the kid's no joke. You know, he's he's fought in Titan, he's fought in Faye. You know, I was like, Okay, fuck me. I was thinking this, this Pico hype is real then because usually with Bellator, look at Michael Venom Page, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. with their young prospects, they fight fucking nobodies. Do you know what I mean? They scrape bodies up off the floor on the way into the ring, literally to fight most of their prospects. So it's a match Adam Pico, as amazing a prospect as we've he's been built up to be, with a eight and two guy on his debut. It was like, shit, this kid must be the bollocks. Twenty four seconds later <laughs> I was like <laughs> 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 Oh shit. <laughs> oh, go Z- on, Zach. Go
0: on, Zachy lad. There you go. There's, got, there's nothing like upsetting the apple cart, is there? Uh, Brilliance. Uh, one kid that definitely has stole. Oh, here we he go. He stole mate. all the headlines, right? He stole all the yeah. headlines, mainly, and and also in the UK because he's he's even featured on the BBC website. He's featured on all the main uh, news streams. This is good. We need crossover stars, man. And obviously the connection to Conor McGregor is the reason why this is happening. But watch out for a kid called James Gallagher. If there's one thing that you do do, go and watch the Bellator card. Go and look at James Gallagher, right? He's a kid that's fighting out the exact same James, same trainer, uh, Coach Kavanagh. Um, He's a big friend of Conor McGregor. You can see, obviously, the mannerisms there. Conor's obviously his idol. He's from the same uh, neck of the woods. He's looking at similar things. He's spent a lot of time in Conor's uh, presence. But he does have his own identity, this kid, and he's saying things, you can tell it's natural, it's just the way that it's coming out, it's very Conor McGregor-esque. James Gallagher, unbelievable performance. What an unbelievable performance that is. Madison Square Garden, whacking on a rear naked choke in the first round and then just lapped up the Irish fans, mate.
1: He did, yeah. You know, and I've got, I've got to be honest. I, um, you know, I <clears throat> when describing James Gallagher previously, I, I would just call him the poor man's Conor McGregor. Yeah. Uh, I think he's like a, like he like a little a caricature of Conor McGregor. He, he he's, he basically one hundred percent tries to copy what Conor is and what Conor's all about. And until this performance, until this victory. I was just like, you know, he'll get found out, he'll get found out. Well, then when I feel it was maxed against, uh, obviously, Chinzo Machida, which is Oto Machida's brother. Yeah. Older brother, I think, Things his older brother by yeah. a year. Uh, but anyway, it, you know, the Machida brothers train together and everything else. So when that fight was made, I was like, okay, fuck me, that's a fight. That's a real fight. You know, I've just took the piss there about the Bellator matchmaker for matching Bader versus Davis, but... Gallagher versus Machida was legit. Probably the best fight on this card, if I'm totally honest with you, Uh, because it was young prospect against veteran. Hmm. but A veteran with a great ground game, a young prospect with an array of arsenal. But there was so many ways for Gallagher to lose this fight because the Machidas are so clinical and so patient and uh, so accurate with their strike, and there were so many ways that Gallagher could have made mistakes. But he's because in, in, in previous fights, he, he you know, his nickname's the Strab Animal, mm. and he fights like a bit of an animal. You know, he, he's quite, he's kind of they let him off the leash, and he just kind of goes wild. But I thought in this fight against Machida, he, he he really fought to type. Like they, they obviously had a game plan, and they fought well to that game plan. They didn't play to Machida's strengths. They didn't stay. Uh, right at the end of striking range they, mix, they mixed it really well and to get the finish to get a real naked choke and the manner they did in the first round that was a real breakthrough performance from James Gallagher I've got to say I've got to change my tune on him he is no longer the poor man's Conor McGregor he is the one and only James Gallagher and this kid's probably the kid they should be getting behind Whereas Adam Pico needs to go away and rebuild. <laughs> mm. This is the guy Bellator, you know, needs to be building, building the future on.
0: No, absolutely. Looking forward to seeing more of him, hopefully over here as well, yeah. as uh, Bellator is spending here in the UK to uh, to put on more shows. We want to see James Gallagher do his thing, therefore. Uh, one last thing from Bellator, going to the weigh-ins, right? Probably the funniest thing I've seen in a weigh-in since obviously DC tried to commons with the towel gate, yeah? Uh, mm. I don't know if you saw Sergio De Silva. This is absolutely brilliant. Get on Google... Search uh, Sergio Da Silva's name. Now, everybody remembers from the UFC card where um, Daniel Cormier used the towel... He used the towel. I don't care what anybody says. He used the towel to make weight because he weighed in, he was over. He then, It's an old wrestler's trick. He then balanced on the towel to therefore kind of allow the towel to take his weight and therefore he ended up making uh, 205 pounds. Now, check this out, right? So Sergio da Silva, he must have attempted to weigh in about six different times because he couldn't balance the scale. And the reason why he couldn't balance the scale is because he was standing on one foot. He was standing on his tiptoes. He was standing on the edge of the scale. He was using the <laughs> towel. You're thinking, Sergio, we can see what the fuck you doing, mate? Oi! We know what? Sergio, put both feet down. No, no, no. What are you talking about? I'm dying. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm on. I'm on. I'm on the scale. Yes, there. Done. 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 Jumped. And he jumps off. So as soon as it hit whatever weight it was that he was trying to make, he just jumps off the scale. And the guy, third play to the New York guys, right? Because this is what happened last time that we were in New York. DC gets away with it. The, then you've got. Uh, the New York guys go, hang on a minute, that, that wasn't a balanced scale. Can you get back on? So he must have asked him to get back on about six times. Um, yeah. And then he ended up obviously failing weight because he was over the cheeky little scarab trying to get us. But it's hilarious. It's just like a little Benny Hill sketch. Uh, definitely go and check it out. Sergio De Silva uh, on Google.
1: This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store.
0: Uh, No UFC action this weekend, so I'm just going to uh, catch up on uh, Tough, which I'm extremely excited about at this moment in time. Without any shadow of a doubt, the best series that we've had for quite some time, even though we are not going to be getting Garbrandt versus TJ Dillashaw. There's still a little bit of, uh, of ice and venom Um, spat to it between the pair of them on that television show make sure you check it out on BT Sport we'll probably be speaking about that in great length next week as we build up towards the tough final Uh, and Nick's just told me that uh, our boy is coming at the tough final which is always good
1: Yep, Mark Giacchese right up there, so Coco Mania is hmm. on a tough final, so a massive opportunity for Mark, but uh, I'm at BT on Monday, BT Sport, recording oh, UFC Glasgow breakdown I'm with the boys, on. A the minute. boys are back, the boys are back in well, town!
0: Wait a minute, stop there, like. no. stop there, when do you book your haircut for
1: uh, Saturday morning. Yeah, of course you have. Yeah. Fade, get me fade game sorted out. This is what happens
0: every single time Nick's on the telly, so you'll be able to see him uh, in the build-up to UFC Glasgow, which hopefully we'll be able to snaffle some tickets for him, maybe uh, throw your way. Uh, but uh, Nick always gets himself a haircut when he goes down and sees Dan and John, yeah. whenever he hangs out with I Dan spe- and John. I was
1: I was speaking to Dan as well, and uh, he oh, paid yeah, reference yeah, yeah, to yeah, the yeah, fact yeah. that you yeah. refer to him as my boyfriend. Yeah, And being an avid listener of the show, Dan said... You know, next time you are recording in London, let me know, and I'm going to come to the studio and I'll show Adam what a boyfriend can do. Oh yeah, is he going to spoon up? Is he going to spoon up exactly? Is that what he's going to do? Hmm. Well, I'm sat in
0: London right now, Dan. If you want it, mate, if you want a piece of this, come (laughs) and get some.
1: You better be praying. I've got my Mario Yamasaki stoppage hat on. Otherwise, you'll be singing bye-byes.
0: Listen, reptile boy, come and get it now, mate. Hopefully, by the, by the time that you are listening to this, Dan, hopefully I'll be back up in Manchester, right, away from uh, <laughs> yeah. away from London. Um, but you're welcome anytime, Dan. Welcome anytime, sunshine, um, as long as you are in a different studio to where I am. Uh, anyway, that's on TV in the build-up towards UFC Glasgow. UFC Glasgow, yeah.
1: Yeah. Cool. Filming Monday beyond the week after ahead of the show.
0: Yeah. So make sure you follow our Instagram because Nick will probably be tagging himself left, right, and centre in selfies with his boyfriend. Anyway, um we'll have another show lined up for you next week. I can't believe I've just said that again. I'm gonna get my eyes It's He's
1: gonna kill you, honestly. <laughs> gonna <laughs> choke you out, son, I'm telling you. <laughs> we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.